Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Helen. And welcome to another episode of the Salty Mums podcast. Exploring how as Christian mums we stay the salt of the earth in today's culture with women sharing their stories and wisdom. Hello. Hi, everybody. Another week. Another week. How's your week being, Helen? Yeah, I had a bit of a stressful morning. I'm yeah. very excited about our guest later because um, I I have a little boy, Samuel. He's definitely neurodiverse and we've had all kinds of Christmas stresses oh. that have recently come to boil. They always, always come out at 10.30 at night or at eight o'clock in the morning when it's just about to do school runs. This morning's yeah. stress was the Christmas carol service, oh, no, which is no. in like three weeks time or something. Oh no. Will that continue to be a stress until... It's Three done time. probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but generally lots lots of like change over Christmas, isn't there? And yeah, trying to get myself into his little mind is confusing for him and Aww. me. <laughs> time consuming for me. That is hard. Really, hence really my hard. hair looks like I've just jumped out the shower because I did just jump out the shower <laughs> and then <laughs> he was like, Mummy, I need to talk to you about Christmas. And I was like, Oh yes, darling. That's perfect timing. <laughs> They always pick the moments, don't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did we... the right mummy thing, but it was through gritted teeth, if I'm honest. Oh yeah, I had I had one of those moments this morning where I was trying the whole gentle parenting thing nice. of yeah. validating the fact they wanted to be fun and being silly and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So the job of getting them dressed, which should have taken five minutes, took <laughs> twenty five. Um, which yeah, but like like you say, through gritted teeth. <laughs> but um, anyway. Uh, our next, our guest today is Celia, who is a mum of four, so I'm sure she can give us lots of wisdom. Yes, please, <laughs> <laughs> um, Celia is from North London and is a co-founder of Wave for Change. Hi, Celia. Hi, great to be with you today. Oh, how are you today? Yes, I'm I'm good, thank you. It's it's good to meet with you both. Oh, so Celia, just tell us, give give our guests, well, our, our listeners, um, a little bit of a flavour about who you are and and what you're about. Uh, yes, I'm a mum of four uh, children now. Um, my eldest is 26, so quite grown up, and my youngest son is 15. Um, so I'm feeling a bit of a granny bringing him <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> experience, uh, yes, experience not granny <laughs> yeah that, that's it we're very wise um because they their ages span quite a bit yes um and um i've got three girls 26 23 and 21 and a boy who's 15 um and i trained as a child and adolescent psychotherapist um and did part-time work um with that until maya um my daughter who has learning disabilities um, was born and then I stopped work um, and have, have kind of used psychotherapy, I think, in an applied way since then. I would say that's probably quite a useful uh, career background to have to have had, considering what we're going to be talking about today. But um, yes. it's, it's my yes, who we're going to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. I think um, obviously you kind of can never be a... a a therapist with your own children in some ways I think mm. that the training helped me in a a kind of way but um obviously when it's your own child it's a very different so uh, different yeah. <laughs> I was a primary school teacher and uh, yes. give me a class of 35 any yeah. day but my own two children <laughs> yeah. it's very different isn't it yeah. <laughs> and I should say I'm married to George 
as oh, well. So yeah. good name. I have a George <laughs> as a son rather than a husband. So um Celia, could you just tell us a little bit about when you first realized that Maya had additional needs? What that looked like for your family? Yes. Yeah, so looking back on it, I, I realized that she never moved much when she was a baby um, in my tummy. Um, but uh, when she was first born, uh, I thought, oh, gosh, she looks slightly different. Has she got Down syndrome? Um, but nobody else said anything. Um, and mm. I did notice that she was a little bit floppy. Um, but um it, it was amazing, really, for the first year of her development, how I think I was so desperate for there not to be any issues. Mm. And so was my husband, who who actually is a doctor. Um, <laughs> but we kind of just didn't want to see it. Mm. And um, yes, so it wasn't really till um, we were living in Australia at the time. We came back um, when she was just two and saw a health visitor and the health visitor was like, are you not worried about her? And then, of mm. course, it all came out. Um, yeah. And um, she had some chromosomal tests and um, it wasn't a known syndrome, but she's got part of chromosome one missing. Um, mm. And she had global delay, developmental delay, um, dyspraxia. She's got autism. Um, mm. She's come on a really long way. Um and um it's quite chatty um mm-hmm. she probably has the mental age of a six-year-old even though she's 21 mm-hmm. um but yes so that that was kind of our journey mm-hmm. and, and what how did that feel to you you know what, what were the sort of challenges extra challenges mm-hmm. we all have challenges as parents don't we but I guess there's a lot of extra challenges for you, both emotionally and physically and and, and all sorts, really. Yeah, I think um, the um, I think I found it incredibly difficult. Um, I have met some parents since who seem so resilient and much more accepting. Um, Mm. but I think that, you know, the amount of energy for those first two years of Mm. trying to deny that there was anything wrong and yet. Um, trying to ward off all the looks I'd get from other um, parents, not in a mean way, but they were obviously looking at her, noticing there was something different at playgroups mm-hmm. and things. And I used to find that excruciating. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I did withdraw a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, to me, probably having a child with learning disabilities was the worst thing I could have ever imagined. So mm-hmm. that it, it I, I found it really hard for actually many years. Um, and uh, I think it just, it seemed to take me in a very different world. Mm. Um, and yes, just felt very isolated with it really. Mm. Um, if, th- if this isn't too personal a question, um, why do you think you found it so so hard, so ex- excruciating to that that thought? of of your daughter having a learning disability yes it's funny because I always thought of someone that that might you know of myself as someone who was very easy and comfortable with difference Mm. and in all other fields uh, I I feel you know I was all right with that um 
But um, I remember as a child running away from a group of people who had learning disabilities on the beach. I was very scared. Mm. I obviously in schools and stuff, I didn't come across anyone with learning disabilities. Mm. Mm. Um, And so and maybe also I think I was probably quite a perfectionist. um, Mm. And. Yes, I think it kind of brought everything to the fore mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, maybe changed our world because we've gone into that pattern of, um, you know, with our two older children that they were quite um, clever at school and, you know, mm-hmm. quite attractive children and no issues with friendships mm-hmm. and all the thing of development. <laughs> and um, And then this was a completely different um completely different thing and um you know maybe also for myself growing up a lot of what I felt valued for was maybe academic achievements Mm -hmm. and um so I I think it was a real uh test in Mm. learning to love unconditionally you know Mm. because (laughs) you Mm. weren't going to get those boxes Mm -hmm. ticked Mm. and um so I always thought when um when Maya arrived it was a bit like we were building a little um maybe a bit of a tower of Babel but you know one of those Jenga towers Mm -hmm. and then Maya came along and she was this big red brick (laughs) (laughs) we tried to fit her in actually our whole tower collapsed and Mm -hmm. we had to restart building Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe actually much more biblically mm-hmm. um, what life is about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for your honesty there, because I think I think mm-hmm. it's so important for a lot of parents um, with children who are neurodiverse or, you know, have physical disabilities. Um, and I mean, we, you know, to 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 be honest about those emotions, isn't it? Because I think you can see lots of parents who are, who appear to just be coping with it and very accepting. Mm. And I think that can add to your feelings of, of sort of shame and upset mm. th- through that, that, you know, why, why am I not happy about, you know, with, with the situation I'm in, because this is the child that I love that I brought into the world. And, um, we, when, um, we had my our first baby Aurelia um who we lost unfortunately but we had a weekend because she had dwarfism but she had a very serious type of dwarfism which meant she she couldn't live ultimately but we had this weekend where we thought we were going to have this baby with like <laughs> I hate the phrase but sort of standard dwarfism that everyone understands you know sort of um a child we would be bringing up a child with disabilities and we really wrestled with a lot of feelings that that weekend you know that sort of feeling of that what that meant for our child and what that meant for us and it was it was difficult and we sort of made some sense of peace of it and obviously it then didn't work out even that way and what we would have longed for 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 that um in the end but um I think it's important to be to, to share those mm. those feelings so thank you so much Celia thank Absolutely. you I, I, I shared about Samuel at the beginning and I think for me it's it's the heartache of like of him always gonna he's gonna struggle in society mm. <laughs> he's gonna his brain is wired differently and he's always gonna come up against those things that mm. are those places where he doesn't fit and um, fit the mold he doesn't fit the mold now at school of the boys that want to play football and 
you know, play rough and tumble and all of that. And for me, it's not, you know, I, I love, I love the way that he's like individual and actually I find that quite quirky and, mm. and exciting, but my heart aches for what he's going to go through in life. Cause you just want your kids to have an easy run. Don't you You want yeah. them to be academically able and to get good qualifications and get good jobs and have good marriages and all of that. Mm. And I think when you have a, a, a baby that doesn't quite fit that, like you were saying, that perfectionist in your head mm. of this mm. is what my children will be like, then you're like, Oh wow. Hang on a minute, God, like what are you doing here then? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I totally yeah, and I relate think you're to right them. that. Um, you know, I'm really sad to hear about your loss as well, Becky. Thank your, you. Your little girl. And um, and I, I think, you know, I've seen two things. I hope that, you know, the interview will speak to all the listeners um, because I, I think whether you've had disappointments in life of um, anything with, you know, none of our children, if we have them, are perfect or we might be sad um, because we haven't had children or because we feel you know, obviously there we've all got our own disappointments and things mm. that haven't fitted. But I, I was thinking too, you know, as well that uh, when you say that about society, that, that's that's what's so hard. And mm. um, you know, I used to pray and pray for God to change Maya and make her normal and heal mm. her. Um, and then I realized actually when we get to heaven she'll be much more similar to how she is now and and I'll be the one who's changed a lot more in society yeah um because probably Jesus won't see a lot of our children as needing fixing in the same way that yeah. uh, that society needs fixing mm. um, and part of when we pray your kingdom come on earth like that's what we're praying for right yeah. we're praying that the Jesus's better kingdom mm. is is here is here with us and yeah mm. anyway uh, you you are a Christian family. Um, can you talk us through that Maya and church, and and whether you felt like Maya was welcome in church, um, and kind of yeah that that journey of church with Maya. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that um, church was hard because um, she was on the move all the time, mm. and um, and actually. Um, was able to go to church but was very anxious about mm. lots of people around and noise and um and I remember I used to find it really hard because I would uh, get her to go to the Sunday school but I'd look through the um little window and she was kind of a bit on her own looking a bit lost and obviously couldn't follow any of the the teaching <laughs> mm. uh, and um uh, it's a very biblically based church um, in terms of the word. And so um, there was a lot of spoken teaching and all of that, mm. but she didn't have, she couldn't follow any of it. Um, and I did find that really hard um, and I got frustrated about it. But then looking back on it, I think it's very hard if if you haven't had a um a child who, whether it's can't keep still or <laughs> um, doesn't find it easy to listen, um, I think it's often a lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, in time, not not actually when she was little, but later on, um, 
I tried to get one-to-one support for any child that came into church with additional needs. Mm-hmm. And um, because there was a lack of volunteers in church, I, I wrote to local schools and I got people who were doing Duke of Edinburgh Award or wanted to do medicine or teaching or social work. And um, they would come in and sit with a child one-to-one. In fact, it was a great way to bring people into church. Yeah, you would never so well. come otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that helped a bit, yeah. Mm. yeah. It wasn't anyone intentionally, sure. um, you know, wanting to leave anyone out. But but mm. it's, um, yes, it was quite an eye-opener. And interestingly, I think often um, the families who are struggling are the ones who most need um, and would be receptive to yeah. coming to church because they're desperate for a wider family. Um, yeah. And my parents have both died, so I didn't have any um, kind of help with, mm. with my children, yeah. Mm. And did did this, all, all this that was happening, did that impact your relationship with, with God at all? Um. I think when when Maya was first born, uh, you know, when I kind of accepted that she got disabilities, I used to really wrestle with God and thought, mm. how can a loving God mm. allow any child to be born with disabilities? And, um, you know, so I never doubted him, but I did doubt his love, I think. And, mm. and, yeah. um, and I didn't feel like he'd... Um, sent me a child with disabilities to kind of teach me a lesson or this or anything like that um but I do believe that God when we invite him into difficult situations can can really work for for the good Mm. and um and obviously again probably in in his eyes Maya was perfect um but yeah um so I think I never doubted him but I really wrestled with him I was very angry um and maybe felt a bit abandoned yeah. by him. Um, and initially I found it hard that some of my church friends, I don't know if I was a bit paranoid and probably I'd withdrawn socially, but um, I'd feel quite let down mm-hmm. um, if their children sometimes had birthdays and my wouldn't be invited. And yeah. uh, it, it, But that has changed Um over the years why has that changed do you think that you you've voiced that as a thing or do you think they've just got to know her um, needs better I, I did voice um upset I think through another friend who must have fed him that. <laughs> <laughs> and again just not um you know I really don't think they were being mean mm-hmm. but it probably is that they just didn't know how whether it was that Maya would be um, spoiling things or mm. their child wouldn't be able to relate very well or whatever mm. it was. I, I think it was um it, it's probably multifactorial, but mm. um but but it left me feeling very rejected mm. um and mm. that Maya was a bit of an outcast mm. in a way. Yeah. I've had the oh we didn't invite him because we didn't think he'd want to go. Mm. <laughs> Well, yeah. maybe that's true. <laughs> like, why don't we let him choose, let him decide that? Yes, yeah. And almost always he has decided not to, but, you know, <laughs> it's not yes. everyone wants to feel wanted, don't they, even 
children yeah. with learning yeah. dis- disabilities. Mm. And, and it always makes me think, you know, people say in churches, you know, if um, if the Holy Spirit's there, very present, it, it should be kind of disrupt. The, the, the Holy Spirit is disruptive. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't like things to be disruptive. Not, we no. like them calm and peaceful. Ordered. And yeah. <laughs> yes, ordered. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So in the midst of all this happening, you felt a need to start something yourself with Benice. So how did this feeling develop? And did you feel this was a sense of a calling from God or just just reacting to a practical situation? Well, initially, um, because I felt so lonely with Maya, I kept asking my GP and health visitors, is there a group I could go to with other parents? Um uh, with similar issues um mm. but because my didn't have a known condition like autism or at the time yeah. um or down syndrome um i i found it very hard to find any group yeah. um and then i kept feeling god was calling me to start a group and i was like you must be <laughs> <Nope>. joking <laughs> i have not got any energy i'm exhausted <laughs> i was very depressed and mm-hmm. um you know thought this was a ridiculous ask. And um, <laughs> so that went on probably for over a couple of years. And then one night I had this dream and I hadn't had a dream like this before um, that I really felt God was speaking to me um, directly. And in, in the dream, I was in this very gray, stark concrete room and I was fishing um, with a rod um a cane with just a piece of string with no hook on it from a very shallow puddle and i said to my husband in the dream what's the point there's just no point um and then i felt this hand on my shoulder that i believe was jesus's saying you've got to change your perspective step over to the other side of the puddle and it still gives me shivers. I stepped over to the other side of the puddle and then I began to reel in fish after fish of these colourful tropical fish. And when I woke up, although it kind of wasn't saying you've got to do this group, <laughs> I felt that was a calling mm. to start this challenge group. But then mm. again, I felt God somehow had given me this name. And then um, I didn't tell anyone and I didn't tell my husband because I thought he'd say, that's ridiculous. You're the one that's <laughs> helped start helping other people. Um, but I got this phone call from Bernice, who I only knew a little bit from a distance mm-hmm. at church. And I knew they had an older child, um, Jess, who has Down syndrome um, with disabilities. But I hadn't particularly connected with her because she, on the outside, appeared like someone who was all fine with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, But she called me and she said, Celia, you might think this is really weird because I know we don't know each other that well. But I felt God was telling me to pick up the phone and call you and tell you that I'm (laughs) feeling called to do something for older young people with learning disabilities. And so I thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And Mm. and it's like he gave us this partnership Mm, and and it kind of reaffirmed to me that was Mm. definitely him asking Mm. me to do this. So that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, so you you were starting the, with the, 
the teeny tops yes. and the so and Bernice started, is looking at the older older that's right and she didn't know at the time what um uh she was meant to be doing um I had this clear vision that God wanted me to start um uh, a play group and support group for families mm-hmm. with baby or a child with disabilities and their siblings mm-hmm. and to make it an incredibly nurturing place um so we do free massage um mm-hmm. homemade cakes people from within church and outside make these amazing cakes each week um and a local florist gives us a bouquet of flowers each week so Aww. we can give um any you know take it in turns or give any new parent um flowers I want to go there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, honestly it's uh, often I've been there thinking that that bit in the bible of um you know my cup overflows and and he's turned my weeping into dancing because it's um to me God's love there is just overflowing Mm. and and even if people um don't know God at all you know I I feel like they're experiencing his love for them Mm. um oh so beautiful that's such an encouragement mm, this morning So yeah. does 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 the way still function the same today as it did? I think you said it'd been going for thirteen years, which is amazing. Yes. Or is it kind of yes. developed? What what does it look like now? Yes, I think the challenge group it's very um, much stayed the same for thirteen years. Um, a friend of mine also plays the piano at the end, and we sing and we do a little oh. bit of oh. Macton signing, which is uh, a special. Um, signing for people with learning disabilities so some children can use it before they learn to speak mm-hmm. um, or if they don't have speech um, and um, it, what just what's grown is the friendships mm-hmm. and the community and a lot of people who have um, you know really made very long-lasting friendships um, and those all cross the divides our normal divides of whether it's culture or um, you know class or whatever because mm-hmm. I think we often stay in our own little ghettos of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like-minded people and, yeah. and that's been a real richness in it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Of, of, the, of mixing us up and realizing you know we've got very strong common bonds mm-hmm. um, amazing and it's been really good for the siblings i think you know mm. particularly if uh, their brother or sisters uh, takes a lot of attention or if they've been in hospital a lot yeah. um, i think the siblings often as well need a bit of extra mm-hmm. um, tlc so. mm. and what about some of the older groups as yeah. such is that yes. developed a bit more or Yes, so um, Bernice, um, uh, she then um, felt a calling to start WAVE Church. um, Mm. And WAVE, sorry, stands for We're All Valued Equally. Mm. And um, so she started a church um, for people with learning disabilities and their families. um, And that's run monthly, I think, for about 12 years. um, And that meets at the Met. Methodist Church and again that's been really good with the different things we've done that it's gone across denominations mm, yeah. and again I feel like God's knocking down quite a lot of barriers um, mm. and and more seeing difference as a, a richness rather than a threat um, mm. so like we're, we're all one body um, 
and um and Bernice also started um a kind of youth group and mm-hmm. uh changed the name to wave for change um so it's also more of a movement um and wave for change is about encouraging and enabling mixed ability friendships mm-hmm. um and trying to see more people with and without learning disabilities mixing and having mm. fun together mm. um, in the heart of our communities. So trying to create spaces. So um, uh, Bernice started a, a like a youth group in a way um, and then did activities uh, like um, dance or movement um and then we started doing art activities as well mm. and it was trying to get people with and without learning disabilities coming along and mixing together mm. um, do you find that children uh, my experience from um, school and from from church is actually that children are better at that than adults that more accepting of difference than adults are uh yes and no i think mm. um i i, I think Gosh, it's it's a really complex one that I think mm-hmm. because um, and again I think it depends on the ages of the children because okay. in different stages some are like you know oh no they look different they they you know um, don't talk the same as us or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, but I think that there can be such a two way healing particularly for teenagers nowadays um, you know with social media that everybody feels like they have to look a certain mm, way yeah. and a certain way um and that that's what they're valued for mm. um and and also about trying to hide any of our vulnerabilities mm-hmm. um and actually often that's what makes us interesting <laughs> and um and connect able to connect with other people in a, a kind of authentic way so i have found that that when i've had teenagers um who are neurotypical um being with people of all abilities it's actually incredibly healing for them because they can also let go of it and think oh well I can just be myself here and that's fine um so I yeah I think it's it's very much a two-way relationship even if the people without disabilities come thinking I'm here to be kind and helpful mm-hmm. uh, which is how I felt when I started the group I thought oh I'm going to be like the good Samaritan you know to mm-hmm. these families and in fact they were the ones healing me mm-hmm. you know God was healing me through them mm-hmm. and um, so I guess that's like the good Samaritan is that idea that it's often the people we least expect to gain from um well salvation um that that god sends um to work through Mm. and what what challenges have you faced as an organization um i i think for benice and i uh, and maybe some of the other people on the team um that Life's still a struggle always, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for whoever you are. Yeah. Um, so we're dealing with um, still a lot of issues, um, particularly for our children and um, and maybe a- additional issues for the young people who have learning disabilities. So 
um, often that that's hard is getting the balance right because mm. we want to give to wave for change and the movement we're passionate about it yeah. but obviously then there's a lot going on back mm. at home but then that also keeps us rooted I think in the mission because mm. <laughs> when our young people are struggling with not with whatever it is um, anxiety or um, not having friends or something happening that um you know, that that then spurs you on to think mm. there are a lot of other people out there who are feeling this. Um, yeah. And I think God definitely works through that, or the sadness. And uh, I just before I came on air, I was thinking of your, uh, you know, the the title Salty Mums, and <laughs> uh, which is a great title. And I, th- I think that salt is bitter. Mm. And, and so often this thing that's bitter, but it actually adds flavour. Mm. this is what brings things to life more so um, I I hear that wrestle as well of um Mm. of like God really clearly calling you to do something in your Mm. case charity in my case um I'm a children's and families minister at the church and I feel that's a strong calling but also I'm definitely called to be mum because I am Mm. mum to to two wonderful children and that that tassel of actually like where my time is spent sometimes I feel like I'm spending so much time with other people's children <laughs> and not, you know, not, not yeah. looking after my own children's needs well enough, but also that wrestle that actually God has called me to do this job. And as much as probably everyone else in my family would love me to just say, <laughs> I'm going to be at home and prepare the meals and <laughs> just say, you know, I'll be there for you every whim actually, although that's probably not a good thing for the children either, mm-hmm. but that, yeah, that wrestle of constantly, oh, am I doing the right thing is my, is are both of these callings can they work together? Which the answer, by the way, ladies, is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, and we sometimes get it wrong, don't we? The balance. Absolutely. The balance yes. I often get wrong, but I'm definitely called to do both things. And so both yes. things I shall do. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure as well, God grows your family and children through it as well, because it's often through a bit of adversity we grow aren't we and we were were chatting the other day about weren't we about like all of those those doubts that go through your mind as parents am I giving my children enough attention should I have that job should I be doing more or whatever Mm. is actually the devil's scheme (laughs) particularly at women just whispering doubt into my ears constantly about yeah are you sure you're doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah. And and also that sort of voice of you're doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. in the sense of because you're not doing anything well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a real, yeah, a real th- a thing for a lot of women, mm-hmm. isn't it's it? It's a battle, isn't it? It's yeah. a spiritual battle that we mm-hmm. face most days, I think, as women. Yeah. We're quite geared up at the moment on the yeah, spiritual on, women. Yeah. <laughs> we went to an amazing conference a few weeks ago where uh, Rachel Hughes from Gas Street um, uh, in Birmingham was talking about the, the spiritual battle mm-hmm. of over women so uh yeah we're quite we're on it yeah <laughs> we're fighting it no doubt. <laughs> yes and I um, think that thing of wanting to do everything professionally um and well and I was just thinking as you were talking that image of a little child actually giving a, a drawing uh to their mum or dad and the mum or dad being thrilled with it because it, it it's imperfect, mm. but it's what's at the heart of it. And mm, I think yeah. that's all those things, isn't it? It's remembering whatever you try and give to your families or what it is at mm-hmm. work, however much you you fail, if your heart's in, in, in the right place, then that's probably what counts. Yeah, I like that image of the 
the mm. imperfect drawing to a parent. But um, and mm. um, do you feel attitudes? Have Have you seen attitudes change during your time with with Wave on a local weather? level but also more widely in society I mean it might be for the worse I don't I I don't know yes no I I think so um definitely I think that um I mean Maya now has so many more friends um Mm. which is the biggest joy for me and for her Mm. um that um uh sometimes I think um it's just about spending time with people who have um differences and and growing that way um and i think that's the changes of you know even though we might wish for a a massive tidal change of everybody mm-hmm. um you know <laughs> there not being any kind of apartheid at all between people with them of uh, all abilities um but um i i think often it's those small things and um an elderly lady who's helped me for all those 13 years serving tea and coffee at the mm-hmm. um, challenge group, she said to me, do you know when I first came to the group, um, and I do remember it, <laughs> she used to um, think the little ones, particularly with autism, were just being naughty. Mm-hmm. And she said, now I understand it. Wow. And she said, I mm-hmm. saw a mum coming on the bus with her little boy um, who was screaming and um she thought he had autism. He may have just been screaming, but um, <laughs> she said, I, I asked someone to move up so the mum could sit down with her little boy. And mm. uh, and she, her whole mindset had changed. Mm. And um, that's what's so exciting. Mm. And, and in myself as well, you know, it, I have changed my perspective. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it doesn't kind of, there's always things in all of us, I'm sure, that <laughs> still need uh mending and uh mm. challenging all the time but um I, I feel that just in uh that visibility as well of mm. having um people from the wave church around the service at our church mm. um and again so many people came up afterwards and said how personally healing they found mm. it and I think it connected with people with their own vulnerabilities mm. or whatever they felt in their life again you know that thing of um that universal feeling of failure in all our lives and not being good enough and um uh that 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 was that was great and to have a more visible place and it's still a challenge to get people who don't have learned disabilities to come in and mix because i think there there is often a fear um of difference of things that we're you know, not necessarily comfortable with at first. Um, but but then I I feel like if if people can just turn up, God changes us. Mm. Um Hallelujah. And, and then all being well friendships will develop. Um I yes, think, and that, that, oh sorry, sorry, I was just gonna say with wave for change, um, to get that in, it is that it's very much a movement to focus mm-hmm. on enabling places um, mm-hmm. across the UK where this um, mixed ability friendships can mm-hmm. flourish um, and where we can kind of encourage and support those who want to see vibrant mixed ability mm-hmm. social and worship groups in their community. So yeah. it's a real mixture. Well, you um, led me very nicely onto that, Celia, because the last question uh, was going to be, um, you know, there might be people listening who... Um, either have children with additional needs or um, 
who who go to church and actually would love to see church being a place where these where children all children can mm-hmm. can worship um is there any kind of practical advice that you could give people about ways that we can help that change um yeah is there is there information on the website that would that would guide people or have you just got any practical snippets of wisdom yeah. of, of what we can do <laughs> Well, um, of course, we love all your listeners to um, look at our website um, of Way for Change, um, because I think that will give people a really full idea of it. And then you can connect with us in any way. Um, and if if you're interested in doing anything in your communities, um or churches um we would absolutely love to connect with you Mm. um so so please do contact us i think the main thing is having that heart of openness Mm. and um expectation and and it can be a very small thing you know obviously if you go on the website it all looks quite professional and you know um but believe me, you know, it's we're normal people who have the normals ups and downs. And mm-hmm. um, but we would love more people to join the movement. And we do very much feel that's what God wants is, mm-hmm. as you said, it's the bringing his kingdom on earth. And um, whatever you come with, I always think that story of the feeding of the 5000 mm-hmm. is an example of whatever we bring even if we think we have nothing to bring Mm -hmm. god will multiply it and um we would love you to connect with us um and and i think also it's that thing of being willing to um learn from our failures that we get things wrong all the time Mm -hmm. um and but but it's again just having the heart in the right place Mm -hmm. um yeah so we'd love to hear from you amazing yeah well, you you can um we'll share we'll share the um website address and the um social media accounts on um the show notes um when we when we publish. But um also just now if you re- if you sat by your computer, you can find the website at www.wave-for-change.org.uk and they're also on Instagram at wave for change you uh, sorry wave for change uk so i'll be specific about that um it's been it's been so lovely to have you on celia it's been a real blessing to chat to you this morning oh thank you it's been a real privilege for me oh no it's a pleasure we'd we'd really like to just um pray sort of finish with a prayer if that's okay and pray for you um that's your job job. helen (laughs) (laughs) as an external processor that is my job yeah (laughs) Oh dear Lord, we are so thankful for Celia and for Benice and for that that picture, that such a strong calling, Lord. We um, we thank you for for that all those years ago. And Lord God, we thank you for Maya as well and for um the gift that she is to Celia and her family and her yeah. friends and and everyone that meets her. We thank you for um the change that really Maya kind of instigated father that, you know, mm-hmm. when you're presented with something that doesn't fit your Jenga tower, that, <laughs> that feels different and feels confusing and feels wrong. And, and Lord, we all have moments in our lives where we have those bricks that don't quite fit, but Lord God, we thank you that, that you are bigger, <laughs> that your tower is much more diverse than ours can ever, we can ever imagine ours to be. Mm-hmm. 
So for all those instances in our lives, Lord, where we feel like a failure, where we feel like, um, like we're not good enough and like things aren't going the way that we expected them to, we pray that your kingdom would come, Father, mm. that you would be king over those situations. Mm. And Lord God, we do pray for that movement of way for change. We pray that it would... Um, really gain steam that that more churches that every church father would really be desperate to be a place where um children and young people can be accepted for who they are whether they have learning difficulties or not because we know that um that the kingdom belongs to children lord Mm. so be with um celia and benice as they lead that keep speaking to them father and keep them um having hearts ready to hear you Mm. amen amen oh thank you celia uh it it was great to be with you all and i i was just thinking one thing i didn't say um Mm. was that maya's turned out to be our real life belt of um uh you know she so often is singing hymns at home, um, even if on a, a kind of all on the same note. Um, <laughs> she's so excited about heaven. She talks to me all, all the time about heaven and um, how, you know, we'll be together forever and, you know, we won't be upset about anything. And oh. she gives me an absolute concrete feel for heaven. So wow. Wow. she's been a real witness to me. and. Um, Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to add that as well. Oh, no, that's a beautiful. Yeah, that made me cry. Thanks, Celia. <laughs> I'd made it all the way through. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh no, thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh wow, that really was. Yeah, it was just a privilege um, listening to Celia and. I don't know about you, but I got goosebumps about that dream that she had. Mm, Definitely. And it's just so refreshing, isn't it, to hear like mums speaking honestly. I think that, you know, as a mum who tries to do that, so often I fall short of and you kind of you want to you want to make everyone seem like your life is amazing, don't you? And that you've got it all together. But it's, it's just really refreshing to hear from somebody that is so super honest as well. Absolutely. Well, that's the end of today's episode. And um, we'll see you or not see you but you'll hear us again next week bye remember all the links that we've talked about today can be found on our show notes if you've enjoyed the podcast today please do remember to hit subscribe if you haven't done already and even better you can help us reach a wider audience by giving a quick review on whichever platform you're listening on see you next time bye Bye.